Welcome to the first episode of the Big Biffer Podcast. My name's Leaford and I'm joined by my colleague Duncan, where we intend to investigate some amazing stories from within the waste and recycling industry through episodic adventures across our business. Tying in with the festive feel of December, we felt the best place to start would be with some great recycling tips and advice for this Christmas. To kick us off, we are joined by Biffa's own packaging technologist, Arta Bezera. Throughout the episode, we will discuss the increase of waste around this time of the year, do's and don'ts of recycling things such as food trays, wrapping paper and Christmas trees, whilst myth-busting some known recyclable items. All while looking at how Biffa plays an active role in your Christmas waste journey. Firstly, thank you very much for joining Duncan and myself today, Arta. Uh, really appreciate it. I think first and foremost, it'd be good to start with you just telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do at Biffa. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I'm Arthur, and um, I started working at Biffa one year ago. Um, so yeah, um, my role is it's to you know work with corporate customers mainly on giving advice on sustainable packaging, how to develop more sustainable packaging, as well as you know finding um, new routes or innovative routes to recycle some of the really hard to recycle streams that comes out of the business's operations. Yeah, I was very interested, very interested about, you know, when I first came across the job description of Biffa, you know, waste management company wanting to hire packaging design expertise. It was definitely something unique of the first time that I saw something like that. So what is, what is sustainable packaging? What, what, does, what does that look like in, in real life? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a really good question. I think, yeah, trying to simplify in terms of like material choices and design choices for, you know, to improve uh, circularity in, in general. Um, you can think about business models, you can think about reuse, for example, you know, designing those such such business models that instead of, you know, going through a recycling route, that material never gets like out of the, uh, let's say, uh, recycling loop in the first place. So one, th- one, one way to think about it is that, but of course there's um, also, you know, a kind of um, it gets down to people's behavior in the end of the day and people are very used to single use packaging nowadays. So kind of changing that mentality, it's, it's quite um, hard and requires a lot of behavior change. So going down the recycling route, um, so if you're designing packaging for recyclability and for circularity, you know, ideally you would want uh, one type of material material that is widely uh, recyclable at curbside and um, you know the lesser components that piece of packaging has the better and obviously uh, you can get down into you know mixed colors and and stuff like that that is ideally not uh, good for recycling so you know the less kind of decoration you have in your packaging uh, the better as well or you can find you know interesting ways to decorate your packaging without hindering recyclability depending on how you want to position your brand and so on Uh, i think it's a very big question and it it really depends it it kind of on a case-by-case basis but um yeah the simple simple answer is to simplify as most as possible from a design point of view and choosing the the right materials to do why why is it important though to recycle you know what's what is it to do with the climate? Is it to do with raw materials? You know, or is it kind of a bit of both? You know, why why do we need to do it? Why you know why can't we just chuck the thing in the bin? In the bin. Once, yeah. we, once we finish with it, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 both really. It's obviously from a you know uh, raw material extraction point of view. Uh, 
the earth had limited you know yeah. raw materials and resources we want to minimize how much we extract from the earth as much as possible so keeping the material in the loop in the recycling loop it's extremely important for that and also from a you know carbon intensity point of view and and you know other kind of uh, environmental impact categories point of view you know water usage fossil fuel depletion you know obviously and recycling although you, you're gonna you know emit some carbon there and that that recycling process is going to be way less than extracting from the ground you know uh, and you know manufacturing from scratch really yeah mm. and i guess if there's any time of year when we've got more stuff and packaging than ever before it's christmas time and that's why we're here yes yes that is the purpose of today's uh, podcast is to talk all things recycling over the uh, christmas period um arthur just to start what tends to happen to the waste industry in and around this kind of festive period? Do we see like a bit of an increase in waste production from households across the UK? Yeah, definitely. There's a quite a significant increase, around 40% um, increase, in, you know, right after the festive period, beginning of January as well. So um, as you can imagine, that, that makes a bit uh, of an impact to the, infrastructure, the collections infrastructure and the recycling infrastructure in the UK. And just a, a, as a fun fact, you know, like in, just in terms of like wrapping paper, if you were to line up all the wrapping paper, you know, kind of produced out of the Christmas and New Year's period, you know, that would yield around 270,000 miles. Wow. If, you're, if you put it like in a straight line and that's like over 10 times around the globe, the oh circumference God. of the earth. So it's, uh, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? If yeah. To think about it on yeah. that, that scale, but yeah, it's. And I guess from a raw material point of view, that's made from paper, which comes from trees. Yes. Which goes back to your point that you can't just keep, it has to be recycled for the benefit of, of the environment, really, because otherwise, you know, you will end up with no trees left if we just kept cutting them all down and, and just making paper and, and not recycling it. Yeah, yeah, that's it, really. And um, yeah, again, in terms of paper as well, um, using as much as recycled paper as possible in, in you know, in the manufacturing process of the paper, it's, it's uh, you know, the ideal scenario. Of course, for some applications, there might be some limitations to get to 100% recycled paper. In that case, obviously, everything that you're kind of, um, kind of adding to the mix must be from a, you know, a responsible source. So, for example, uh, FSC certified or PEFC certified, um, you know, it's... Oh, <laughs> Sorry, we've got this thing where we hear acronyms and we, we must explain explain what they mean. Do we need to have a swear jar every time there's an acronym? We, we might we have to have like a 20 pence swear 20 jar. Pence sure. swear jar. <laughs> but no, no, go on. I'll, take That's 40 I'll, I'll be very poor like at the end of the day. It's <laughs> uh, cool. So yeah, so during this, this, this festive period, I'm sure, you know, many, many, many people are always wondering, you know, what goes where and, and, and what can and cannot be recycled. Um, off the top of your head, Art, what are some of the kind of go-to do's and don'ts and things that should and should not be recycled around this Christmas time? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I think, uh, first of all, obviously, we do loads of shopping online nowadays. So all the, the corrugated boxes that you get uh, from e-com parcels, you know, those uh, obviously are recyclable. But just a tip, you know, to kind of flat, try to flat that out as most as possible. And if it's too big, you know, if you cannot really fold it to like a reasonable size to chuck it in, in your recyclable bin, uh, you know, just break it down, uh, cut it. Uh, that's, let's say, 
the, the number one thing, starting from the outer packaging, then obviously within that sort of like parcel box, you can have some uh, void filling material. It can be either plastic film or paper. Of course, if it's paper, then it follows the same route as the corrugated bore. If it's plastic film, unfortunately, that's not um, recyclable at curbside at the moment in the UK. But you, you can kind of collate that material and bring back to a supermarket that does have a take-back scheme for uh, flexibles and films. And uh, wrapping paper, uh, there's a kind of a useful tip that, that we tend to, to use. You know, if you scrunch it, uh, it's called like the scrunch test. If you crunch it down into a ball with your hands, and then when you open up your hands, if it springs back into kind of uh, um, the original shape, then it's probably not recyclable. So that, that will have to go on your general ways, unfortunately. We've got some so, here, actually. So oh, I want nice. to try. We have to try this. We have to try it. We have to get Archer to try it. Yeah. There we go. So I've just opened my mug present. Right. Thank you very much, Duncan. Let's see what it is. Let's see what happens. So just crunch it like this. Right? Yeah. Now open up my hand. And it stays. So it's probably 100% paper. That's recyclable and yeah, can go in. Yeah. So if it springs but, back, does that mean it's got plastic in? Yeah. So yeah. that because that's a mix of, of materials, you can't that that's kind of impossible to separate. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas so you're gonna have yeah because that's hundred percent paper, that's one material, so that's perfect. Exactly. So if you have moot materials like different layers in the same sort of like sheet, yeah. uh, that's really hard to separate. So unless you have a really specified recycling process for that, you know, in general, um, you won't have. So it's yeah. yeah. So in those cases, it's best to put it in the general waste. Yeah, general okay. waste. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, and uh, you know, in t in general, you know, if you're talking about Christmas cards, for example, that's obviously paper as well, and it's widely recyclable. Yeah. So you can uh, put it in a dry mix, recycling on your paper, dedicated paper stream, depending on where where you are, you're at, and and you know what your local authority does. But um, there's just a watch out about decoration. Again, if it's heavily inked, especially with metallized inks, you know, or foils, that uh, is a contaminant to, to the stream. The paper mills can, you know, they do accept a certain level of contamination of, of foil and, and so on, like uh, heavy inks. But, you know, ideally, you would want to choose a card that is, you know, kind of simple pastel colors, not too much metallization and, um, yeah. Because they'd be quite, like, cards nowadays can be quite complicated, can't they? Because really? you get lots of glitter on there, but you also get like ones with flashing lights, which I guess have got batteries in. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you, you don't want to be throwing those away. No, no, the... no, def definitely not. And good point about glitter, because glitter is actually made out of uh, microplastics. You do have some, you know, kind of eco glitter today, uh, but mostly, you know, it's, it's microplastic. And that, if it goes through the recycling, although obviously, it, you'll be one to be doing like a good thing, recycling it, that microplastic can leak out to the environment and obviously that's, yeah. you know, detrimental. Yeah. So the advice yeah. would be a, a plain card, a very plain sort of cardboard card, recyclable, but anything with sort of glitter on or heavy inks or kind of any other bells and whistles on, flashing lights, not recyclable. Yeah. I, know, I know we'll come on to talk about batteries in a bit, but if it's if it's if it plays a song or it's got flashing lights on, it probably means it's got a little battery in, so that that yeah. doesn't want to go in the bin. But I know we'll we'll come on to that um, yeah, yeah. later on. And and not even like uh, that's an interesting point because um, 
it has a battery in it, you know, you wouldn't want to put on the general waste either, yeah. you know, because that can cause like uh, fires in, in, in trucks when they're compacting the waste within the truck. So yeah, yeah that's a that's a complicated one because it's kind of a mixture between like paper and like we we waste, you know. Yeah, we. Yeah, oh, under the twenty p in a square jar. Yeah. That was something. electrical, uh, basically electrical waste. You know, any electric equipment or electronic equipment. Um, what does it stand for? It's actually it's waste, electrical, electronical, and I'm not too sure on that because okay. there are like three e's. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll look it up and let you guys yeah. know afterwards. But um, I've just got yeah. one other question about cardboard boxes and. Um, uh, some other stuff we kind of with sticky tape on. Mm -hmm. So I've got a box here, which is kind of a perfect example. Um, you know, so it's made of cardboard, but I've, we've got a bit massive strips of cellar tape across it. We've got the the postage label on there. There's some kind of um, uh, bright yellow label with the manufacturer's name on it. Do I need to peel all this off? First? I mean, I, ideally, yes, um, you would want to do that. But we we know like. Uh, most people won't won't do it and it can be you know you can still even trying to peel it off you can still have the residue in there sometimes it doesn't get off like completely so that's 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 fine you know again going back to the point the paper must do accept one level you know a minimum level of contamination of you know stuff like tape and and you know adhesive in general yeah. into the paper but yeah ideally try to get all of those uh, stickers out chuck it in the general waste and then you can have you know a you know the, the cleanest possible cardboard yeah and the same with wrapping paper you've opened your presents you know and you've you've got your your wrapping paper that you can recycle but it's still covered in sellotape, sellotape yeah. i guess try and get off as much as you can yeah 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 that that's the tip yeah but, but a little bit it's not the end of the world no it's not the end of the world no and then the yeah. sellotape straight into the general waste as well yeah 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 if you completely separate that out yeah that's general Mm -hmm. Thank you very much for that article because I think I think it is very important, very useful, especially around this time when there's so many packages, so many parcels. Um, knowing the best way to do it because I'll have to admit I'm a culprit. I definitely do forget sometimes to remove all the sellotape. It does get a bit complicated though when you've got boxes which have the different elements to them. So like they're part card and then they're part plastic as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. um, any advice regarding that? So. For the if if you cannot separate, um, you know the plastic bit from the cardboard bit. Unfortunately, that that will yield like an unrecyclable item, and that will have to go to you know general waste. Yeah. So, as I think the main thing and one of the design principles that we use when developing packaging is, if there's no way to be monomaterial, if you need to mix materials together, then kind of designing for disassembly or for separation of those material materials in the easiest way possible yeah. is uh, really best practice. And um, yeah, you see a lot of that on. Uh, I think it's like uh, toy packaging, like yeah. dolls. Yeah. So you've got the little window at the front, exactly. the doll behind, exactly. the plastic window, and then the rest is cardboard. Mm -hmm. uh, but, so if you can easily, once you've put, it, once you've taken the toy or the doll out, and those two bits can be easily separated, mm -hmm. then that's 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 the best sort of situation, I guess. Yeah, you can then. Put the cardboard in the recycling and the and the I guess with the with the plastic be because it'd be quite it's quite hard plastic isn't it yeah this stuff can that be should that go in the recycling that, well? that would uh, normally go to general waste okay. yeah because yeah. again it comes back to like the, the film point if it is um, let's say big enough that you can collate with your you know plastic bags and so on and and, and flexible packaging in general and films mm -hmm. 
to that kind of take back scheme to in large supermarkets you can do that but if it's small you know it probably will get lost in the process anyways yeah so they'll have to go but that's a good example you know and the bigger the windows that you have the plastic windows within let's say those toys sort of like packaging mm. um the worse it is or the more amount of effort you you have to put in into really trying to separate that out yeah. if it's a small window that's uh, not a problem again kind of going back to the duct tape example there is a level of tolerance mm-hmm. um, that the paper mills uh, will you know accept in terms of plastic contamination in the stream you know like some people say you know up to five percent plastic in the paper stream is acceptable some people say you know 10 up to 15 mm-hmm. but obviously the lesser the better yeah yeah yeah, we want people to have fun over Christmas, don't we? Of course, um, yeah. You know, don't want we're wearing boxing days. <laughs> yeah, Unpackaging, tearing things apart. No, of but course. Do, but, but I guess the advice is <clears throat> do what you can yeah. as much as you can, but obviously, you know, don't don't let it sort of take up your entire Christmas thinking I've got to get everything spotlessly yeah. clean. Yeah. No, of course. Yeah. I'm going to throw a bit of a spanner in the works then, Artur. Um, advent calendars. Mm-hmm. Now, I've got mine and... Yes, I'm probably, what, seventh? I think I might be a day ahead. I might have got a little bit overzealous, <laughs> if I'm being honest. That's a mixture. It's card, but then there's got the plastic underneath. Now, that's not too difficult to separate um, at the end of the month or just before Christmas Day. My question is, because there was chocolate in all of these individual pieces, what do I need to do with that specific part of the plastic? Will I need to wash that and then put it away and try and recycle it? Or is that because it's been, it's because it's got chocolate in it, cause some of the chocolate's melted as well, not, right, not really okay. held it too well as well. Okay. Um, what, what, what would you advise on that from? If, if it is contaminated with, with chocolate or like with sweets in general, that would, um, you know, unfortunately have to go into general waste. And then that, that depends as well. Some of those, you know, chocolate sort of wrappers or yeah. sweet wrappers, sometimes they're not like uh, 100% plastic even. They have like a, a, a metallized foil mm. or metallized uh, layer ink on it so um that's it's even a harder material to recycle to recycle we do have some some people starting to find alternative uh, advanced recycling routes for such materials you know mm. by a chemical recycling where you can separate out the different layers if you have a metallized layer you can recover the aluminium for instance and you know transform the plastic depolymerize the plastics and turn into a fuel for example but that's another kind of discussion is another, another more advanced method is more carbon intensive than uh, the traditional, let's say, mechanical recycling. But sorry, I, I went out on a tangent. Like, <laughs> simple answer is if you think it's metallized or you think there's a foil, then unfortunately, uh, yeah, general waste and if it's contaminated as well. If it's purely plastic and there's not contamination, that again goes back to that bucket of, you know, uh, collating that material with your plastic bags, films and flexible packaging at home and bringing back to a supermarket um, where can they, they can recycle. Oh, yeah. right. Thank you very much for that, Art, because I, I, I was generally very curious about that because I think um, some of the sweets have got like a pack wrapping on them and then some of them are just sat just perfectly in the box mm-hmm. um, or in the little little cupboard, the little section that it comes in. So it's, it's good to note that, you know, how, how you've got to be a little bit more careful and, and cautious mm-hmm. with how, how you deal with it. It's not as just as simple as just, all right, taken the card off here's the plastic separate and done mm-hmm. um got to put a little bit more thought behind it we've covered the the lead up too so we know what we're doing with our advent calendars um we've got a better idea now of what we're doing when it comes to our packaging so christmas day we've unwrapped 
We know, we know it's a priority to separate sellotape from the wrapping paper, scrunch test, um, break down the boxes as much as possible. Um, what to do with food waste? Mm -hmm. That would be my next point of call because there's always going to be leftovers, isn't there? Yeah. There's always yeah. going to be that one meal that just doesn't get finished. Yeah. Russell Spouts with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what 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 would be the best way? Because food food on Christmas Day comes in different you know containers, foil trays, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm -hmm. um, what would you you advise the best way to recycle not only just the food but the the, the containers and the stuff that they come in? Yeah. So I think first step is you know try to rinse out and clean the packaging that uh, if it is a recyclable packaging um, from the food scraps as much as possible. Mm. You know it doesn't need to be crystal clear yeah. uh, but as much as possible obviously to you know make more use of the food in the first place and yeah. then make make the packaging more recycled because there is um, obviously depending on the level of food contamination into packaging so for instance if it's packaging or foils that will be either screened out at the sorting process you know at the material recovery facilities or if it gets through it won't be uh, ideal in the washing process it will you know make the, the washing water at the recycling centers uh, more dirty, let's say, and that would yield like a uh, less of a quality of a recyclate at the end. Um, food, food scraps in general, obviously, ideally, you would, we would want to kind of reuse food as much as possible, you know, save some leftovers for like the next day or Christ, New, New Year's Eve. You know, think about recipes that you can use with the kind of leftovers. Yeah. Um, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit obsessed with food waste. I, I, try, I always try to, you know, eat into the very end, even though if I'm full, you know. Like, so yeah. if my my partner, for instance, she leaves something out, like I normally like eat it from her. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, Just turkey sandwiches for a week in your household, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Every last scrap of that turkey yeah. is just gonna get eaten. Yeah. But um, but we know it's inevitable to have some food waste at the end of the day, and then if you do have food waste, separate food waste collection uh, in your household, that's that's great. Obviously, you need to uh, put it in your food waste, but if not, then unfortunately, they'll have to go in, in general waste. And what happens uh, with the food waste generated is that they'll, they'll go through an anaerobic digestion facility and that would, uh, you know, through some you know, bacteria and uh, loads of different sort of like microbiome within like big digesters, as they call it, that will transform all the food into a um, um, fertilized type of fertilizer and um, methane that used for like green energy. So that energy gets fed back into the grid. So it's a nice way to generate the renewable electricity. Oh, wow, okay. And so, none, so food waste doesn't go to landfill. We turn it into something useful. We either turn it into fertilizer or green electricity. Yeah, if the, the councils have food waste, separate food waste collection. If it goes to general waste, then unfortunately it will either go to incineration or landfill. But if you've got one of those little green caddies, yeah. which mm. a lot of people have, um, then that will, that generally gets transformed into something yeah. really useful. Definitely, yeah. But if yeah. you stick it in your, your general waste, yeah, then it will go yeah. to landfill, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And some food waste uh, <coughs> go to kind of composting process. So obviously at the end of that, that process, uh, um, fertilizers, the compost itself, which is a type of fertilizer as well, it's, you know, kind of analogous, you know, not analogous, but kind of similar route to anaerobic digest digestion where you have a liquid fertilizer, whereas a compost is a solid sort of fertilizer. But then the, the, the additional benefit of anaerobic digestion is really uh, 
getting their methane out and, and using it to produce electricity. So I have no yeah. idea because we, we have a food caddy where we live and I just assumed it just went to, to compost. I have no yeah. idea, you know, we, we at Biffa turn it into green electricity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very it's interesting. Very really surprising, it? yeah. It is. Really yeah. surprising. And I was yeah, amazed when I visited uh, Poplar's um, anaerobic digestion facility. Where is really, where is, is that? It's uh, near Birmingham. Birmingham yeah. Okay. It's um, Poplar, is it? I'm not too familiar with with Birmingham, but it's in kind of in the outskirts outskirts of Birmingham. I went there like when I since the first site that I visited since I joined the business. It was quite interesting to see yeah. the whole process and and yeah, quite a smelly one. <laughs> but yeah, very very interesting, you know, to see all this sort of like uh, bacteria and microbiome doing all that work. Let's mm. say for us in a way, and that's a complete natural process. It is. Like, there's no sort of harsh chemicals or anything really involved. No. That it's just the power of biology. Exactly breaking down this food waste gives off a gas which we turn, them turn into electricity and what's left over is it's a fertilizer, it's a fertilizer yeah, liquid well. fertilizer yeah which we then so presumably gets sold to, to farmers yeah 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 no that, no that's that's really good and, and and thank you very much for that amata um, but it's it, it i think that's just probably one of one of the um one of the areas of i guess that closed loop part of our business we also do it when it comes to plastic bottles and yeah is there, is there any way you can talk to us a little bit about that? How taking that time out to wash out your plastic bottles and putting those away, um, the things that we at Biffa are able to do with that? Yeah, of course. So um, we've got a, you know big recycling facilities in the Northeast that do process uh, mainly uh, PET, HDP and PP. Is that 60p for the swear jar? <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I won't even say the, the, the full names, for instance, for PET is way more, you know, it's, yeah. it's a bit mind-blowing. But, yeah. Um, what does a PET bottle look like to the average person? If they went to the supermarket, what's what's the shelf of PET bottles look like? Transparent, uh, kind of Coca-Cola type, uh, you gotcha. know, beverages and, yeah, uh, fizzy drinks. Mm. Um, that's the, the standard kind of PET, water, for bo water bottles mm. as well. HDP milk bottles, classic example. Plastic though, because whenever people say milk bottles, I always think that's glass. Oh no, plastic. Yeah, plastic, plastic milk yeah. bottles, and and PP, you know, um, yogurt pots, some some types of food trays are made out of, of PP, but that will be kind of indicated in, in the packaging. And what tends to happen uh, really with with PET and HDP, for instance, um, PET goes to our CM facility where they can uh, produce a food grade recycled PET out of those uh, bottles. So that those bottles that you consumed in the first place can become new bottles, completely new bottles. So, which is, it's, you know, it's really, really great. And, and we tend to focus on food grade because that's where we maximizing the value of the material instead of getting downgraded um, or downcycled, as we say it, mm. or like um, non-food grade applications. So yeah, really good initiative there some challenges as well to keep uh, as, as clean as possible. So it all starts with we as, as consumers, as citizens, giving a bit of a rinse, trying to eliminate that contamination at source so those bottles have like a higher chance of becoming new mm -hmm. drink bottles, for, for example. And the same applies to milk, mm -hmm. uh, the HDP, food grade, um, you know, recycled uh, content bottles that, you know, Biffa produced through, through partnerships with the dairies. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously, um, there's um, some uh, good initiatives today to increase the sort of like food grade yield and to um, let's say make them more transparent in a way 
some of the supermarkets uh, eliminated the, the colored lid. And, and that kind of um, color issue is that the more color that you have in, in kind of ingrained in your plastic through master batches, we call it like the type of additive that adds color to the plastic, the worse it is from a recycling point of view. So ideally you, you would want to keep all the color out if possible and decorate with color through a, you know, a sleeve and yeah, a label that is recyclable. I think we've started to see that already, haven't we, in the supermarkets? Yeah. Um, so the, the green lid for semi-skimmed is, is, is being phased out and the blue lid for full fat. I think it's being is being phased out yeah. for the clear ones. Yeah. So that's a great example of brands that are you know and diaries that are starting to yeah. play in that space and and although that you know some consumers are saying some backlash from consumers saying that oh I'm not able to properly identify my milk anymore but mm. obviously you just kind of look at the the label in it itself and I I guess those brands are are also putting more effort to make it clear in the label what type of milk it is. Yeah. Uh, but that's all in, in kind of uh, in pro of circularity and recyclability, really. So those milk, so the so the PET, that's the Coke bottles and your water bottles. They're recycled back into bottles. I guess yeah. the same happens with the plastic milk bottles as well. The same. They just get the recycled back. So the the milk bottle you throw away on Christmas morning or or whatever could be uh, turned back into a milk bottle, which you then buy off the shelf. Exactly. A week later or two weeks later or something. Exactly, and it's. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's 85% of all milk bottles in the UK contain biffle material, wow. recycle HDP. Um, so that's, you know, uh, we've, uh, we've been, you know, doing this for uh, quite quite a number of years now. And yeah. I think it was one of the first uh, uh, food grade HDP recycling facilities uh, in the world, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, it's, it's great. And it's, um, you know, now with new legislation coming in, Plastic tax, for example, that kind of mandate, not mandates, but imposes a tax if you're not using up to 30% of recycled content into your, into your packaging, mm -hmm. that is driving demand uh, up from a um, you know, recycled material point of view. And obviously that incentivizes a lot the, the recycling industry to produce more of that material. So I think people have started to see that on the bottles that they buy now, it says on quite a few products, it says this bottle now contains 30% recycled material. Mm -hmm. And that's as a direct result of this uh, new legislation. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, now you guys mentioned a third common plastic that we find in our kitchens, and that's PP. Yeah. Um, and that goes to our, uh, that goes to our third plastic recycling uh, facility in, in Washington. Yeah. But what happens to this stuff? Because this is a bit different to what happens to, to the plastic bottles. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it goes to Washington. Redcar Red also processed PP, but unfortunately we, we don't process to a food grade standard today because um, it's a different type of material. You know, the, the polymer itself, it, it's different and the food grade standards that the industry put out there to you know, for, you know, brand owners to be able to claim it, that is a, you know, food contact safe product. It's, mm. and, and because you also have that, the kind of issue of color, PP items, polypropylene items tend to be more color than HDP milk bottles, for, for example, yeah. you know, and, and that unfortunately downgrades the material a little bit to non-food uh, grade applications. So it's not that that's not getting recycled, it is, but just for like a different end use, end use application. If you're talking about food packaging, mm -hmm. if you're talking about non-food packaging, you know, packaging <coughs> PP use for like cosmetics and stuff, mm -hmm. that will probably have like a, a more of a closed loop story. Okay. But um, 
that's things like so PP would be sort of like your uh, microwave trays, the black plastic trays that you that food comes in that you microwave, or it might be a, like a coloured bleach bottle, like a blue or a yellow be uh, bleach bottle. Is that is that the kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah, normally bleach bottles are HDP. Uh, you can have some PP bottles as well, but normally like yogurt pot, stuff like yogurt pot, okay. some of the, the food trays for like ready meals, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. for example. Um, and there's a few other examples like. You have quite a bit in cosmetic and personal care packaging as well. Um, and, those, and that gets, I guess, for want of a better phrase, downcycled. I mean, into other products. So not back into the things that they were, but into things like, uh, is this right, like drain pipes, paint trays, garden furniture, kind of um, hard plastic products like that? Yeah, normally it is. Now there's more and more people using recycled polypropylene or PP into their packaging but then again it's massive challenge from an industry point of view of getting to that you know food grade sort of standard mm -hmm. with pp there are some you know startups and companies starting to find you know a process that you know get the washing right to the levels of you know food safe contact pp mm -hmm. but um you know majoritarily majoritarily if you're talking about a food food uh, food contact pp packaging that will be become other types of packaging non food food contact but in the worst case is like with high levels of contamination, for example, that that's when you get the, the kind of downcycling down down kind of route becomes like drain, drain stuff like drain pipes and, and you know, furniture, yeah. uh, recycled furniture and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, I guess one last question about bottles is lids on or off? Oh, yeah, lids on. Lids on. Lids on. Yeah, lids on. Okay. Um, because what, what happens if you leave it off is that Lids normally, it depends on the size of the lid, but lids in general normally are, you know, um, smaller than, call it like a 50 millimeter rule, mm -hmm. because in the very early stages of the sortation process at the material recovery facility, there are like big trommels, big screens that rotate, and everything that is uh, smaller than 50 millimeters fall through those trommels and get screened out of the process anyway. So if you leave your cap off, that will be screened out and won't get recycled. If you leave it on, it will have a, a chance, yeah. a better chance to. And I guess uh, although a cap's quite small, if you think you know, a million caps is actually quite a lot of plastic. Yeah, it is. Uh, which is that then just goes to landfill or or whatever. That's that's a waste of raw material. And that's mm -hmm. essentially plastic that could be recycled back into, back into something useful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've got some quick fire things to throw at you Ooh. now. Um, Help me, help me out here, because I've just, I might. This is not definitive for any any stretch. Polystyrene. Oh, right. Which you know, if if you're lucky enough that someone's bought you a nice TV for Christmas, yeah, it comes in a nice cardboard box, which you know what to do with. But it's probably heavily um, packaged like, yeah. in polystyrene as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Um, some so, people say you can. Some people say you can't. What you, you you cannot really no, no oh. unfortunately not. And a curbside, um, no. I mean, there I've seen some. Um, you know, recycling rules, but like for large businesses and, you know, wholesale markets that tend to deal with a lot of polystyrene, there are like some condensers that can condense all of that very, very voluminous material down and find like another life. But that's more for industrial applications and, you know, for really large volumes. Curbside, unfortunately, it needs to go on general waste. Or, or if you have a large enough volume, you can, you know, kind of some recycling centers do accept it. So if you can kind of bulk it up and bring it to a recycling center, um, that's yeah, that's a good way. And and just as a, um, a final kind of tip that I think I think it's really useful for people. And that's been helping me a lot 
really, you know, it has been helping me a lot since I moved to the UK. You know, there's a website called recyclenow.com. You go there, you input your postcode, and that will tell you, and you input the item that you want to recycle. And like, there's such a wide range of items that you can put in there, yeah. and they will give you guidance. If your local authority or your council does recycle that, they will inform you. Or if not, what are the alternative ways to recycle it? Either bringing back to, you know, large supermarket or yeah. like a take back uh, mm. sort of scheme. Uh, I think, yeah, if you're ever in doubt about what can and cannot be recycled, yeah, go to that website. It's a quick search, put in a postcode, and that would uh, kind of spill out the, the answer for you. And yeah. And if your house is anything like ours, we'll have a lot of empty wine bottles, which we know what to do with. But yeah. what about corks? Mm, that's a good, yeah, that's a good shout. Uh, to be fair, yeah. recycle now. <laughs> recycle now. Recycle now. Yeah, you got me there. You need to go to recycle now. But I don't, I don't think they're no. recycle now. Um, bubble wrap. Bubble wrap. Same, same as films and flexible packaging. Bulk it up and bring it back to, you know. Have some fun popping the bubbles first. Yeah, 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 yeah. That will help to bring the volume down as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no. and, yeah and who doesn't love doing that anyway? Yeah, yeah. No, of course. And and even like again, recyclenow.com, you can have a look at where the nearest sites to you that can take that back. Normally, large supermarket. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you if you've broken anything over Christmas, like mm. you, you've accidentally dropped a pint glass or a wine glass, you know, on the face of it, it's glass. It could be recycled, but broken glass shouldn't go in recycling no right no yeah that's right because obviously that's that's kind of imposes a health hazard right um for both from a disposal point of view and for whoever's collecting it right yeah. so you should you know try to you know you know crunch it as much as possible and and you know really protect it uh, with you know plastic bag or, or something and then just yeah that will general go waste general waste unfortunately yeah, yeah. Um, what about what about an envelope Envelopes, envelopes yeah, old. they're widely recyclable, so that can go in your paper stream. Okay. Again, there's uh, some envelopes that have like that pl little plastic window. window yeah. I mean, if you can set to really separate it, yeah, yeah, that would be great. So but just thinking Christmas if, cards that come in the post. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But if you cannot separate, it's not like a massive deal. Yeah. Um, you know, as I said, like paper mills tend to accept a, a minimal level of contamination. Mm. So, yeah. Christmas trees. Christmas trees, yeah. So, you know, organic uh, and non organic. Exactly. Wow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Real Christmas. Now, I've seen loads of people, they just chuck them over a fence somewhere and just hope yeah. they'll disappear. But yeah. you, you just see dead Christmas trees everywhere, don't you, um, after, in the new year? Yeah. Which is, which is obviously not the right thing to do and it's an awful sight. So, can, they, can you put those out with your garden waste? Or if you don't have that option, again, potentially take it down to your nearest household waste recycling center? Yeah. Where you can stick it in the garden waste skip there i guess exactly yeah you're spot on there again it would depend um you know local authority from local authority you know your council some councils do have um, you know the green waste collection right after you know uh christmas and new years and they should um kind of inform the citizens when they're gonna collect you know all the all the trees the real christmas uh, yeah. trees but if not then bring it you know to a recycling center or even you can replant it you know mm. um there are some schemes that um, you know take back those trees and replant it, or you can replant it yourself. So yeah, that's a good act for the planet, yeah. isn't it? Feed them yeah. right back to reducing, reusing, for sure. What yeah. About, what about what about Christmas lights then? 
yeah that come with, with them especially when the bulbs start to go yeah yeah so that if if you cannot reuse it if it's you, you know you need to find another way then it's yeah bring back to either you know electrical equipment stores that do have a take back scheme yeah or um, recycling center as well um and the, the the sort of like artificial Christmas trees, obviously the first thing to do is to, to reuse as much as possible. But yeah. if, if, if you don't want to reuse it anymore, like it, it's not looking good, then um, I think that there are some recycling centers that can take it, uh, but they're, you know, depending on your locality that unfortunately have no uh, other end of life rather than going to general waste. Yeah. So, yeah. And we, we touched on this earlier with the, uh, with the fancy Christmas cards, which play songs and stuff, mm. got batteries in. Now, um, batteries, you know, if you, at Christmas time, people are going to get loads of new gadgets and new toys. They're probably going to be replacing the old batteries in their remotes, mm. placing the batteries, you know, putting new batteries in all these, in, in these new gadgets that they've got. What do we do with old batteries? Yes. You know, it's a dead battery, isn't it? So yeah. Stick it in the bin. But that's, it can cause a few problems. Yeah, it, it can definitely. And massive problems, actually. It can cause fires and, 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 you know, into the trucks that come to collect it. If you throw it like an... In general, if you throw into the recycling bin, the same. Why is same. that? What what call what call, what what makes them suddenly set on fire? Yeah, yeah. surely they shouldn't. They're, they're dead now. There's nothing <laughs> left, right? I mean, obviously, you know, depending on what what they're made of, is talking about like lithium uh, iron and so on. Like when you kind of pop that, or if a machinery like a compactor grabs that and let's say make a hole into it, that kind of leaked material you know if there's it's kind of an ignition source and and you know with any ignition source you have all of the waste around it and depending on mm -hmm. how that's configured you know have like a really massive you know fire hazard there yeah and, you know, potential so to, i guess we don't want to scare people so it's unlikely that it would cause a fire in their bin at home because it's not going to get damaged by being crushed or squashed by heavy machinery the, the fire is probably going to happen in the back of a bin lorry yeah or one of our depots um, which we still don't want, yeah. you know, because it, it poses a danger to our to our workers. Um, yeah, so definitely. what what should people do then? Because I've got a, we've got <laughs> on my windowsill at home. We've just got a, a bowl full of old batteries because we've replaced all the batteries in our remote controls and our kind of fancy candle Christmas candles. We've got those little silver ones in the bottom, <laughs> yeah. bottom which have all which have all dead since uh, from last year, mm -hmm. which we've replaced. So yeah, we've got this bowl of batteries. We're not quite sure what to do with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you, you know, collate, bulk it up, and bring it back either to a supermarket that will have a collection, a battery collection, or to electrical equipment stores. Again, the um, you know, kind of golden tip is recycle now. Mm -hmm. That will tell you all of the locations that do take back, mm -hmm. and obviously they have the right destination for it. Um, I think I've seen those in supermarkets actually. This is kind of like a cardboard. Yeah. Uh, box is a tall cardboard box yeah. with a clear sort of window at the front, and you can see the batteries piling up, piling up yeah. almost. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Um, it'd be really good, you know, Art, if we could just get maybe some of your your kind of final thoughts and final tips around this festive time for people, mm -hmm. um, if they are a little bit unsure, you know, when it is, is it, when they when they do need to recycle, what are the I guess the key messages that they should always keep in mind mm -hmm. um, when they're when when they're when Christmas is over, Boxing Day's done, and they're looking around the place and it's a mess. Yeah, I think uh, the, the first thing I would say is, it, you know, try to reduce, um, you know, waste at source. So, you know, I know it's hard to, you know, reduce the, the amount of, sometimes it's hard to reduce the amount of stuff that, that you buy, but if we consume less, we'll generate, generate less waste in the first place. Or if you cannot 
you know, kind of um, reduce it down, then, you know, make choices that make it make sense from a packaging point of view, you know, have a look at the package, think about the ways and the channels that that packaging will come into your house. If it's either online or if you buy it in the store, have a look at those, you know, if it's made out of many different materials, keep an eye on that. That's a, a watch out. Keep an eye on the messaging on, on packaging around and recyclability of that packaging. Although there's some greenwashing out there, some um, uh, brands misleading consumers around recyclability, I think there's more and more scrutiny now on, on it. So um, another thing is, um, you know, reuse it, just try to reuse as many things as you can, uh, especially, you know, stuff that you know is not recyclable. If you can find like a second life for that, that thing, you know, like for, for instance, like ribbons, you know, yeah. that you get like on gift packs and so on, that's not really recyclable. So trying to, you know, keep those away so you can reuse the next Christmas, next, next uh, festive period. I guess a good and example of that is wine bags. Wine bags. These, I mean, these are really expensive for what yeah. they are. You know, oh, somebody just takes a bottle of wine out and then just chucks this in the exactly. bin. Actually, and you can reuse it. I mean, this is yeah. one we had from last year and it's perfect. Yeah. It to be re reused again. Yeah. And be ashamed to chuck that away. Exactly. I wouldn't be ashamed to chuck that away. Yeah. It's so, it's so beautiful, isn't it? And yeah. Yeah. And then, um, well, but I, mean, well, I guess the reuse, um, uh, idea is great for unwanted presents as well. Mm -hmm. So um, potentially, you know, rather than chuck them, which would be awful anyway, cause, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure some people do, but if you can, you know, try and sell them perhaps online or give yeah. them to charity, something exactly. like that. Exactly, yeah. I think that, yeah, the things that you, you don't want and, you know, um, talking about products in general, like, you know, gifts in general, yeah, charity shop, you know, Certainly, people will, will be very happy to have that. You know, some people will be very happy to, to make a second life out of it. And um, yeah, and for, for you know packaging as well, if you can reuse in any way. I know it's sometimes hard to find space to keep things stored away, so you can you know maybe reuse in, in a few months later. I know that's hard, but that yeah, if if you don't have that possibility, then obviously recycling it's is the the final and definitive answer as well. Uh, and again, kind of linking to the kind of golden rules about, you know, separating materials out, you know, crunching them down, doing that sort of like pre-compact uh, sort of like phase, especially with the high volumes in, in Christmas, mm. you know, to be able to, people find it quite easily filling up all the, all the, all the wheelie bins. Mm, so as, yeah. as much compact waste you have, is, is it better for, for you and for the, yeah. the collectors as well, isn't it? It's pretty important. It well. is, definitely, because obviously not only uh, early educating the kids to be kind of environmentally aware and have a bit more of a close contact with the waste that they generate, because I think that's the, one of the main issues that we have today around waste is that it's so, so disconnected, the relationship that people in general have with, with their waste, you know, like, you chuck it away, it's not your problem anymore, you know, and you don't think, you, you know, people don't tend to think what really is going to happen with that. Yeah. And especially now we have like a, a constraining resource, natural resource, we have the climate emergency. So it's, it, now is the time to act really and start to be a bit more connected with the way that we generate. Stay tuned for future episodes where Duncan and myself, Leaford, will continue to investigate some of the amazing stories from within the waste and recycling industry across the Biffa business. Yeah.